lightning if you couldn't tell hello and welcome to a very special episode of herwitz's house of horror i'm your host steve herwitz and this is the podcast where we talk about horror news we'll talk about a different horror movie every week and we have been celebrating the spooky month of october with horwitz's horror tober no i did yes i did part two the sequel sorry uh, that's my co-host Jeff over there. I'm really thrown off right, right now. I've just been messing this intro up. Should we start again? Oh, start this again? feels good to me. Okay. Well, Jeff, I would like to welcome you to the podcast, my co-host, as oh, always. Thanks. You've really thrown me off by, you made me believe that there was something that I couldn't hear because I had my headphones on mm-hmm. and you slowly lifted off your one headphone and you were looking around and I took my headphone off because I was like, oh <laughs> shit, is is my apartment burning down? Or am I flooding? And yeah. then you you screamed extremely loudly. yeah i like to you know the podcast is about horror so i feel like when we record our adrenaline should be spiked a little bit it fucking spiked man so i was always like oh, is there something over my shoulder nope you never know it was just jeff screaming yeah well happy halloween everyone this is the very special and last episode for Hurwitz's Horror October. Part two, the sequel. And we are releasing this episode on Halloween for y'all as a special treat because Ooh. look out, there's a bat. Chirps. Doves. Uh. Who's that director who puts doves in movies? Is this this? Uh, Jet. Are we, in, are we in his movie? I'm really freaking out right now, man. You really threw me off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little too much. Mission Impossible 2. The killer. Yeah. What's his name? John. John Cho. John Woo. <laughs> John Woo. Yeah, we in a John Woo movie. I'm going to. Yeah, let's just move on. Yeah. How, how is everyone's Halloween going? I like asking questions that you can hopefully answer to yourself. You know, I like to keep this. Like, well, when they answer out loud, we can hear them. It's true. Those thoughts just get like streamed straight into our heads. Magic of podcasts. I'm just walking down the street and someone just yells, I'm having a bad day, but there's no one around me. It's because those thoughts are going into my head. Yeah, and you look up into the sky and you say, it's okay. And they feel that. Yeah. And that's how we stay connected with our listeners. So happy Halloween, everyone. We hope you're doing something spooky at the moment, like you're going on a spooky walk to keep your health in check because walking is very important. You know, you might not think that, but, you know, just every now and again, just walk outside, go a few blocks around, maybe a mile, maybe half a mile one way. And maybe while you're out going for a mile long walk, you can stop at your neighbor's doors and knock and be like, hey, can I have some candy? And when they say, I don't know who you are, you say, well, listen to this podcast. And then you guys will become friends fast. Mm-hmm. And then that is how more people find out about us. Yeah. And how you make friends and how we make friends. Tell a stranger about us. If you're sitting on a bus right now and you're just listening to us and you see somebody next to you who's just minding their own business, I want you to grab them and shake them and say, listen to this podcast. Yeah. Wake up, sheeple. And then pull out their phone and like manually put in everything. And you say, you know, you're going to listen to this. Yeah. And follow follow it and review it and give it five stars and we'll read it out live on the podcast. (laughs) I feel like we should have saved this at the end. Well, all right. Well, welcome, everyone. It's Halloween and we are now about to move into some spooky news. We call this the horror hour. Jeff. 
What do you got for us, reporter? Um, well, oh, Jeff wanted to stop the podcast to take a drink of water, and I said, "Steve's like that's the best kind of podcast is listening to other people drink." It's you're, we're missing out on valuable podcasting content. That's people right. Want to hear some people um, like ASMR. Some people like to listen to other people drink liquids. Yeah. I have uh, that thing where I get angry when I listen to other people chew. So Really? Yeah. So all those times we eat on the podcast at Eaton Bowl? Yeah, I had to like just stomach it and put a smile on my face. And then I would be like, uh, pardon me for one moment. And I would go outside and I'd punch a stranger. Well, Jeff, you were stomaching it because you were eating it. The food goes into your That's stomach. Right. Oh. <laughs> Slammed. This is scary stuff. <laughs> anyway, for Horror Hour, uh, you guys might remember we mentioned a little independent movie that was going to be coming out. I mentioned we might record us going to see it. Oh, yeah, we didn't because we like to say we're going to do stuff and then just fucking not do it because why? Why not? Uh, but we, like we did go. On toes. Yeah. So that part was true. Yeah. Steve and I and producer James Miller went and checked out Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. It was in theaters for one night. Mm-hmm. Went and checked that out. Um, directed by Andrew Bowser. Starring uh, podcast favorite Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton, Olivia Taylor Dudley, Arden Mirren, and a bunch of other cool people. So what do you think, Steve? I had I had fun with it. I will be honest, I didn't really know anything about the character Onyx. I guess mm-hmm. he has appeared in other smaller videos, right? If Yeah, a lot of like viral YouTube content. Yeah, and I will say his character, just the way he talked was very... Annoying. Annoying, yeah, but... I don't think he like I don't think Andrew Bowser would be surprised. <laughs> I think because uh, it's intentionally James kind of annoying. That was the point. Yeah. Right. I mean, overall, aside from his character, just some of the mannerisms that really like kind of annoyed me. Uh-huh. I thought it was a pretty fun movie. Yeah. There was a really nice message that he left or that uh, played before the movie started. And he was just thanking everybody and saying he put in all this work and effort. Mm. And that kind of got me more excited for it, too. I like seeing I didn't know that this was a crowdfund. Kickstarter, yeah. Kickstarter, yeah, yeah. And so just the fact that people back this and they come together and then seeing this guy make this thing that he's been putting his heart into, I was like, wow. And just the way it came together, it looked pretty good. A lot of stuff was really well done. Mm-hmm. The other characters were really good. You said that there was Arden. Arden Mirren. She was great in this movie. So funny. There was the girl from School of Rock. There was also another girl from something who was really good. So this is my review. <laughs> <laughs> she was Jeffrey Combs' assistant. I don't remember. Uh, yes. Do you have the cast um, list? Olivia Taylor Dudley. Yes, she was She was great. She played, I've seen her in some stuff. She's actually in another horror movie that came out this year that I was going to bring up. But oh, I forgot nice. the name of it. Yeah. And again, as as much as Onyx's character like irked me, it, you still did a really good job. He really played it up. And I thought I thought it was going to be more gory, honestly. So I was a little let I kind of was that, too. I was expecting because he, I know he's a fan of like, practical gore and there was a good amount of practical effects yes. like um you know the ghouls and the the little burger man and oh i love the way the ghouls look they, they were fantastic me too they were great and i noticed a lot of kind of references to culty and horror things mm-hmm. here and there and, and it's little things like that that i really appreciate so i, I would I have ramped up it. the gore a bit 100 percent. i wonder if they did that to for release purposes i'm i'm curious but Maybe. uh but yeah i liked it i definitely knew more about the character of Onyx. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, it just hits that right note for me where I'm like, this is cringy and irritating, but in a, an amusing way. And yeah, it was good. I think everyone should see it. 
I don't know how he's I'm yet sure. to talk about how it's going to be released, either Blu-ray or like Shutter or something. Probably, I think Bloody Disgusting helped uh, market this or oh, distribute cool. it. I think I remember seeing that at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it'll probably go to like uh, not Shutter, Screenbox. I think oh, that's the okay. That, that Bloody Disgusting run. So mm-hmm. probably through there. But it's I think yeah, I think we'll it's, let you guys know. It's very yeah, it's it's a culty kind of. It's definitely worth the watch. Yeah, not everyone's gonna like it. Yes, that's what I was. And he say. he even made a video like reading up people's reviews, and like half of them were just like, "This movie blows ass," and he was just like, "Okay," <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, watch it. I saw the work put into it, and it yeah. looked really great. There's a great a lot of heart, kinda, a lot of heart, and there's a great musical number that involves meatloaf that I don't want to spoil for anyone because so good. I think that was one of my favorite parts, and a weird anthropomorphic cameo <laughs> yeah, yeah. That really that's a great way to that put was, it yeah yeah and the theater we were in love lots of laughter during that scene yeah but yeah that was fun to go watch um that's all for me for horror hour news uh and i'll let you guys know when that is available to watch stream well speaking of things that we've been watching i have like i've been saying this entire month really trying to embrace this spooky time of year mm-hmm. by watching a different scary movie not necessarily something we do for the podcast but just something new and something different although i did revisit two classics uh, last week i w- decided to rewatch halloween 1 and halloween 2 oh oh because you got the i got 4K the release. 4k release yeah from screenbox they were on sale I wanted to buy a lot more from them, but I was also like, I need to save money. I am bad managing my money. <laughs> you've you've met your horror spending for the month. I, I have. Yeah. And then also we went to something else that I'll bring up in just a minute. But I rewatched Halloween one and two. Those are great movies. I feel like I do need to reevaluate like my rating on on those ones, which we'll mm-hmm. go back at at some point in the future. But I think that they're so fun. That first one is just a classic buildup and I also like remembering some of the things we talked about on the podcast and just calling certain things out. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that was a fun moment. <laughs> Although I will say Halloween 2, I think I liked more this time around, but I don't think it like stands up on its own 100%. I feel like it's a great piece to go with number one. Like you watch them right. back to back or like right. very close. They really are just like... It could be one continuous movie, and I kind of wish it's basically like part one, part two. Yeah, it doesn't. Number two just doesn't feel complete to me. But like what we said about Halloween Kills. Yeah, except this one, I, I enjoyed a lot more than <laughs> Halloween Kills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I am sort of bummed out that this new trilogy, the David Gordon Green trilogy, didn't include Halloween too, because. In Halloween 2018, you know, Laurie's freaked out and all Haddonfield is like, oh, it's Michael Myers. And don't get me wrong. Yes, three killings of teenagers back in the 70s is pretty rough. But the body count was expanded so much more in Halloween 2. And I feel like that would add to why the town is terrified of Michael and why it's still kind of haunts right. him Because it's such a it's it's technically, yeah, it takes place in the same night as Halloween 1. But it just bumps everything up. And it's like, oh, man, he fucking destroyed like a hospital and killed a bunch of people, mm-hmm. a bunch more than three. Again, three is a, you know, three's still, yeah, three good, human beings. Yeah. But I, just I think, think that's technically a serial killer. Yeah. Three and above. I just think that number two would have added some more into the newest trilogy. But I, you know, really enjoyed watching those. I also decided to check out the Exorcist TV show, which apparently has like gotten really good reviews. I always meant to check it out, but I never got a chance to. When did that come out? 2016 2017 okay oh you mentioned that in the last episode i believe yeah or in one of the recent episodes we're talking about exorcist believer yeah 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 and i have only gotten five episodes in 
but it's pretty good. I'm really into it. Mm. I stopped watching it because uh, Spider-Man 2 came out on. And you stopped doing everything. Five, and that has taken up a lot of my time. Yeah. And it's kind of a bummer, too, because right at the end of the last episode that I just watched, they were about to actually get into the exorcism stuff. It's been like all build up. And like it's been interesting. <laughs> but I'm also thinking now just like, fuck, why did I stop there? Of all the places, yeah. just stop. God damn you, Spider-Man 2. <laughs> damn you, Spider-Man. Godspeed, Spider-Man. So I've been enjoying that. I mean, if it was on sale, I found it on um, Voodoo. I think if you like Exorcist stuff, it's a it's a good thing to look into. And anything that's not bad is pretty pretty good. Uh, you know, for a horror movie to be translated onto TV, not a great track record. So as yeah. it sounds like it's not shitty. So that's already a good doing start. a lot better than all the other ones. Yeah. Also, there is someone who I did not expect to be in it. Uh, who was in the fly? Oops, it was Jeffrey Goldblum and uh, Jeffrey Goldblum. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Who was the other Gina Davis? She's like a starring, like one of the main characters in, wow. in this show. And I was like, oh, shit, Gina Davis. I love you. Be in more stuff. So that was exciting to see. That's awesome. Since I just also brought up Spider-Man, the video game, a new video game just came out a few days ago. Something that I've been really excited for and waiting for 10 years is Alan Wake 2, a very cool, spooky, like, Twilight Zoney, Twin Peaksy game. Oh, that sounds cool. It's fantastic. The premise is you're Alan Wake, you're this writer. Uh, something happens where your wife maybe got kidnapped and well, you're on a vacation. It's called Bright Falls you went to and it's very Twin Peaksy. The whole place, it's, uh, I think, inspired very heavily from that. But then you wake up and then you've written this book and then all of these things start happening around you that are on these pages that you're finding throughout the game. Mm. And then maybe there's like some dark doppelganger of you and it's really that cool. It's really cool. interesting. I wish I could explain it more, but they, it, it was a great game. Came out for the Xbox 360, and the second one finally was released a few days ago, and I bought it, but I haven't had a chance to play it because Spider-Man 2, and <laughs> apparently like, the Metal Gear collection came out. Like All of these games that I just had, I, 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 I've had nothing to play. I've had nothing to play for like months, and all of a sudden, in like the span of three weeks, these fucking big things come out. You know why? Christmas. Oh, well, That's my guess. Getting ready. I, for all that holiday spending, baby. Well, I'm already doing all that spending. Uh, good. Uh, podcast producer Joshua Hansen shared uh, that trailer, and I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it Alan, looks yeah. cool. Alan, Alan too. It's it continues, picks up the story. There's a lot of weird stuff. I'm so excited to start playing it. Once I get into it, I will report more back on that. Um, one actual piece of news that I have here is that there has been a small little update uh, involving Trick or Treat 2. If you remember, Jeff, Trick or Treat was that anthology sort of intertwining Halloween movie that mm-hmm. we talked about, I think, last Halloween. Yeah, with the Maybe. little pumpkin boy and yeah. the lollipop. We did that for Horowitz's Horrortober, the original. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the second or third week. Well, there has been a small update from the director, Michael Doty. He has said that the sequel is in active development still with Legendary. It was teased last year, but he's now just confirming that and that they have a really, really great script for the sequel. So, again, because we're in the writer's strike still, not is it still the writer's no, strike? No, writer's strike is over. over. SAG's almost over, apparently. Good. It's just a lot of things always pushed yeah. back and delayed. So at least we do have that confirmation that it is, it is still in the works. I do enjoy that movie, and I'm looking forward to the sequel. I'm looking forward to it also. I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, Trick or Treat, but I liked what they're going for, and I like the vibe. So I'm looking forward to that one. Finally, we're going to jump back into video games for one last piece of news, Jeff. 
I guess that Barbarian is going to be getting a video game adaptation from New Regency Pictures and Division 3 Entertainment. I'm interested and also confused. How, yeah. how would this be a game? Sometimes I'm a little bit like intrigued because they must have an idea. They have to. That's like, oh, that would be a great game instead of just like, you know, Spider-Man. This is a bad example because the Spider-Man game is fucking rad and everyone loves it. Yeah. But like a big movie comes out and it's like and then a game, I guess. But for someone to make a game about Barbarian, it's like you must have a great idea for like a fun game. So I have a little piece of information that might kind of point us, shed some light on where this game is going and what okay. it might be. So apparently Division 3 Entertainment will lead the creative team adapting uh, this video game. And they have helped work on the Friday the 13th game and the Evil Dead game. Now, the gameplay in that, it was pretty much you were for Friday the 13th, either a bunch of camp counselors and then somebody was Jason and they had to, you know, whoever mm -hmm. survived or got killed is how they won. So it was a very sort of team-based game. Right. And same with Evil Dead. There was three like heroes that you could be, and then somebody was the Evil Dead. They could control gotcha. trees or take over people's forms and try and drain your energy or something like that. I only played a little bit of it, but it's very much just like team-type games. I don't think that would work for this. Well, we'll in see. In my opinion. I'm imagining your characters are in that underground basement and it's just filled with tunnels and you have to get away from the weird the mother creature mother creature thing before she gets you and you have to work together to open up doors and, and then someone the plays light. the mother creature yeah that's, well, I I guess that's the first okay. thing that i thought <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm interested to see more of this and uh will i play it we'll see we'll see i, might, I probably won't i might have to i did start to uh to play, I wanted us to start playing the Friday the 13th game, the Evil Dead game, but unfortunately. Yeah, I, I always wanted to play the Friday the 13th game. It's and fun, I just never got the chance. it's the servers, for the most part, have shut down. Yeah. And they've stopped active development on that. But we will report more on the Barbarian video game when that comes out. Okay, Jeff, for the final week of Hurwitz's Horror Trailer. Part two, the sequel. We have decided to revisit a great, fantastic series that we've already covered three movies in. Yeah, we, we kind of jumped ahead. Covered Scream Original Scream. Oh, I guess we've just done two so far. Scream Original Scream and then Scream 6. Yeah, we weirdly kind of like jumped ahead twice where we're like, we'll do the first one and then the, and the very last, the most recent one. Mm -hmm. And we'll skip the first movie in that series, the fifth one. Oh, true, huh? Yeah. I think I got a little confused just because six. I think I rewatched number five right before six. Yeah, we kind of like quickly good. recapped five yeah. and then went straight into six. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was released around then. And yeah. I think it's actually very cool seeing this series. I think this one came out in 1997. Mm -hmm. And then it's still going to 2023. Yeah. And a new one will be coming out sometime in the future. So it's it's cool to revisit this and see a lot more. And I did mention that I seen this once when we were carving pumpkins so i mm -hmm. remembered bits of it as it was happening and i remember who the killer was at the end but still like fully focusing on this movie it was an interesting experience so yeah really kind of analyzing all righty for this week what movie did we watch scream 2 ah! 1997 directed by wes craven written by kevin williamson 
Two Windsor College students were murdered last night during a sneak preview of the new movie, Stab. Starting again, Randy. This has nothing to do with us. Randy, a guy in a ghost mask hacked up two people in the movie theater telling our life story. Hi, Gail Weathers, author of The Woodsboro Murders. Do you think the killer will strike again? We have no evidence that this is a serial killer. It's a classic case of life imitating art, imitating life. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Do you think someone's trying to duplicate Woodsboro? It looks like it. I think you have a copycat on your hands, Chief. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me? Can I please have the Jeff summary of this movie? Uh, let's see here. It says, hey, you remember Scream? We did more. Come back and meet your favorite characters, including Ghostface, Nev Campbell, her character, and some other ones. They get up, they get up to their old hijinks. Wait a second. Didn't we didn't the other two guys get killed? Who's this new Ghostface? Is it one of your friends? Is it one of your teachers? Is it uh, a cop or something? Oh, we'll figure it out by the end. Oh, I love these, Jeff. I hope you know that. I don't know how many other details should have been in there, but I mean, you know, I don't write it. I just read it. You just read it. That's right. Well, uh, I got something to say actually really quick. Okay. All right. So Scream 2 uh, was almost called a few different things. Okay. Scream again. Scream louder, which that's the worst. <laughs> and Scream the sequel. And apparently it was Scream the sequel for the longest time. There's like all the scripts say Scream the sequel, but we ended up with Scream 2. I got to be honest, I really like all of those for this movie in particular, because, you know, the, the Scream movies, they're essentially satires and mm -hmm. they're True. poking fun at themselves. And I think Scream the sequel actually would have been pretty decent. Yeah, I like Scream the sequel the best. And Yeah, they're silly, but I think that they would fit in this universe for, mm -hmm. for these movies. Well, we are two years in the future. We are introduced to Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps. You may recognize Jada Pinkett Smith from the popular show Gotham. <gasps> As Fish Mooney, everyone's favorite Batman character. Yeah, everyone's favorite <laughs> Batman character. <sighs> Anyways, we have Omar Epps, and you may recognize him from House. I That's do, actually. That's the only reference that I have from them. So they are attending the Stab premiere, which Stab is the movie based off the book that Gail Weathers wrote about the events of Scream 1. Mm -hmm. Just, I gotta say, they go into this theater, they sit down. This theater is absolute fucking chaos. Like, it's like I a party. Really? Yeah. I mean, not in were, a good way. <laughs> there <was> some, <laughs> like everyone is dressed up as Ghostface, which is cool. But also like, man, these are based off of real killings, which I think yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith or somebody brings up at a certain point, too. But there are people running up and down the fucking aisles. Everyone has like little, you know, fake knives. There are like light up things. There's something called Stabovision. It's presented in that. I like I love little bits of this, but imagining actually being at this theater is like I would walk out immediately. I feel like it would be great for, um, you know, like a hundredth screening or something where it's like a Rocky Horror Picture Show where people dress up. Yeah. But I'm, I'm pretty sure in the movie, this is like the premiere. I think so. Or something like, like everybody that. shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut up. God, that would make me so mad. I was thinking the exact same thing <laughs> when it was playing. And there's a certain point where Jada Pinkett Smith goes out to get popcorn and you just see people dressed in costumes just running up and down stairs. It's like, where are you going? Why, why, go home. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. like yeah, well, uh, Just to annoy people. And I think there was also uh, somebody who was attached to a wire. 
uh, has a ghost face and they flew over the crowd and there was like <laughs> I a, remember that. A, a guy who like pulled a lever and yeah that's dude went fucking fly it was crazy like, it's like the goofy movie it was awesome but also again i would never ever want to attend this and no. it's just loud and everyone they just did not care about the movie like if we went to go see here okay let me i'm gonna about to eat my words here okay if we went to go see my bloody valentine 3d yeah i would be all about a dude in a in a mining costume zooming over the crowd and people in costumes and stuff. I could care less. I couldn't th- care less. And well, you bring up a good point that this is I'm pretty sure this is the premiere or a very early screening. Mm-hmm. And everyone is just going wild like they love this character Ghostface. How do you know him? Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Because of the actual like, killer, well, I guess, which is way killer. Darker. And I mean, do people get that like, up about books? <laughs> Remember that guy who killed everyone? Let's all dress up like him. Yeah, at least with Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason. They're not real people. You don't see people dressing up as like, uh, what's his face? That like sick- Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. That big nerd. I mean, uh, actually, I guess after that, what Netflix show came out, people dressed up as him. I guess. <laughs> Damn. And it is like a heightened thing. It is Because I remember I was talking true. about it before where it's kind of like, this is our intro into seeing like how twisted this communities and and people are in this universe where it's like it's it's like the real thing with like people loving murder podcasts but like up to to 11 you know and i'd love just the whole stab thing the way they went with that is so funny and so like i don't know i just love the whole meta of it and like any movie where they have a movie within a movie like in um austin powers how they did that where like i think tom Tom Cruise cruise plays austin isn't that fucking insane that Mike Myers got Tom Cruise, Danny DeVito, Gwyneth Paltrow to be like for in a five, less than a five minute scene, like a three minute scene mm-hmm. at the beginning of Austin Powers three. That is that was the third one. That was the third wow. one. Gold member. I mean, it was it was huge at the time. I know. I feel like that was the like movie. Yeah. Every time a, a movie would come out, it was like a huge event. Like they like scream. He, Tom Cruise would never get roped into something like that nowadays. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> That'd be impossible. Yeah. That's crazy that that like Myers had that power back. Then. I feel like he probably just thought it was funny. I mean, he's it like, was. fuck yeah, let's do it. Like he was the weird Saul guy in Tropic true, Thunder. True. True. I did hate that character, mm-hmm. but man, I don't think he would do that anymore. Me too. I think that's a Weinstein parody. Yeah. Um, no, me neither. He's too much about, uh, being on the side of a plane while introducing a movie and saying, Hey, turn off your smoothing on your TV. Yeah. yeah. He's too busy <laughs> just recording as many of those. Like, Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming to see my movie in theaters on the big screen. I don't know why that was like a weird, you uh, know, Trump leaning impression, but we did sort of talk about that. Uh, after we saw the movie Onyx, you, me and James. Yeah. Cause he had like a really genuine one. He did. And then I thought of that too. I went to go see killers of the flower moon the other day, which mm-hmm awesome movie three oh, okay. and a half hours long was, god damn holy but it's, moly. it's good but then scorsese that's did, cinema that, <laughs> am i right yeah yeah superhero movies get him out of here yeah although i will admit it was I mean, beautifully he's yeah. he's kind of right he is and i'm sure he hasn't actually like sat down and watched yeah. it's not like specifically he's just going old and you know yeah but i do admit they bit. don't make them like you know the classics do like that is a fucking entire tale that i watched mm-hmm. it's great but he sat down and was like, all right, everyone, you know, thanks for coming to this movie. Yeah, we're keeping movies alive here. And I was like, everyone's doing this now. Oh, God, yep. that joke we sort of made is happening. Movie. But for the lower budget one, for something that somebody like. Yeah, he's like, seriously, thank you. So like this probably wouldn't have happened. It's like literally people had to donate money so that I could go do this. Thank you so much for being here. Scorsese's like uh, the money I made with this, you know, three hundred million dollars. It was in my shoe. He was like, oh, oops. 
Oh, I, I stripped over it. I should make a movie, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who cares? Let's go back into screen. We were talking about. Yeah, man, we went on a rant there. If there's one thing we haven't done in a while, I think it's been a tirade like this. This episode's gonna be like four hours long. Jesus Sorry, Christ. guys. It's a finale. What? <laughs> it, hey, what are you gonna do? That's true. Well, you were just talking about a movie in a movie. Well, we have that, and it's pretty much the entire opening scene from Scream Original Scream, mm-hmm. except it's Heather Graham. Oh, which Jesus Christ, this entire fucking cast, crazy to me. Oh, totally. So many fucking people in this yeah. movie. And yeah, Heather Graham, you were about to say something? Tori Spelling yep. was in it, and in the first movie, she's like, she says something about like, man, if they ever make a movie about this, I bet they're going to cast fucking Tori Spelling or something to do it, and then later on like later on she's like that'd be so funny if i was actually in it and did you know robert rodriguez directed all the stab scenes in i was this movie? gonna bring that up and i, I beat you to it <laughs> after i read that fact i i was like oh yeah no i definitely sort of see like his kind of film style and yeah that. so i thought that was really fun a lot of in jokes and stuff too about the first movie and things that fans said i i love it so omar epps's character goes to the bathroom and well we have kill number one here he just gets a knife straight through the head because I think he thinks he hears somebody watching porn in the stall next to him. Yeah, he like so puts his ear up against the stall and a knife just goes whoosh, straight through. Every time I see that scene, I just think of a scary movie. I was going to say. <laughs> I think it's like a glory hole or something. It's a glory hole, yeah. Is that the second one? It <laughs> doesn't matter. I think it's the second one. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's the first it's one. It's like all the drama from the scene is totally removed because I'm like, oh, yeah. That one <laughs> it movie was with penis, the penis. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> So Jada Pinkett Smith's character, she's just still waiting for Omar Epps' character to return. And then someone returns, I think, wearing, wearing his the jacket mask. and a mask because they were handing that shit out too. like, as soon yeah, as yeah. and he in. like scares her earlier. So she's like, stop. Don't. <laughs> there was a bit where she was talking to him, too, where she was like, I just don't like being scared. And I sort of went back to that thought of I don't really get scared during horror movies. I don't find them really scary anymore. And is it because I'm it's very specific for me? Yeah, I guess. And I think it is because before we started this podcast, certain movies, I'm like, ugh, I just feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And now I'm like, not really. (laughs) I was nervous before we saw Boogeyman. We went inside. I'm like, no, it was just pretty good. Yeah. There's a scene where somebody gets stabbed and you see Jada Pinkett Smith's character hide her face. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever hit. No, I lied. I sort of hid my face when something was happening on Terrifier. There you go. Maybe. And I ripped a VR headset off my head when we were doing something else. So it's like, I do get scared. It's just, okay. Video especially game scary stuff. movies. Like it's been a minute, yeah. but I'm kind of curious. I'm waiting for a movie to be like actually scary. I think the first time I saw the conjuring same here, I was yeah. actually scared. I don't feel like horror movies necessarily are going for scary as much as just kind of intense, like eerie and eerie. like sometimes jump scares, but I don't count that really. Same. Same. It's just, it's like, just like that's a really loud ah, noise. It's like ugh, like see, what you did to me, me earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um, but well, she, you know, as she's huddling into uh, you know, who she thinks is her boyfriend. It's not. She gets stabbed. Yeah, she finds blood on her hand, and then she gets stabbed, I think, right in the chest there. I believe so. And then she gets up and just starts going through the crowd. Again, the movie is happening, but everyone is standing all in the aisles, oh, stabbing cheering, each other. Fake stabbing. <laughs> yeah, we got like the first kill on the in the movie movie, mm-hmm. in the movie of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah, everyone is just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like that's fun. That's pretty fun. But because every, there's just so much chaos, Ghostface comes up and just continues to stab her. Oh, so many and, times. But then nobody notices. And I thought that was kind of brilliant because it's like 
everyone is pretending right now. Mm -hmm. It's like Halloween. If you were to murder someone and leave them on your lawn for a few days, people might be like, cool decorations. As seen in the movie Trick or Treat. Yes, exactly. That's right. Bringing it all around. I thought the same thing too, though. I was like, that. what a great way to just like, she just gets killed in the open and nobody notices. She even like walks up. This part was kind of, Very again, funny. in another movie, I'll probably say this a bunch of times. In another movie, I think I would have rolled my eyes at this scene. Yeah. But in this, it just works for some reason. She like stumbles up onto the stage in front of everyone and is like, yeah. it's like, what's happening? Yeah. Then she's just, and everyone's just cheering. I think they get, they go quiet. They do. After she starts, screw- oh, they start to like, she's slowly. like actively bleeding. Yeah. And then she just dies right there. We yeah. have kill number two with her eyes just wide open. Yeah. They're like, Hmm, maybe this isn't a stunt for the movie. This is the best stunt I've ever seen. <laughs> and we have our intro to Scream 2. We now- As I believe our, our classic song, um, Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seed starts playing. I did like that song. I was like, oh, this I is love, fun. It's so f- if a Scream movie doesn't have that song, in it, it just doesn't feel right to me. Do they all have that song? I believe so. The oh, first shit. one definitely does. I just really like that it was very 90s and it's like, it's like oh, someone's screaming gonna die. Is that how that song goes? Ding, dum, bung, ding, bung, ding, bung. That's my impression of it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, we are introduced back to Sydney Prescott, once again, played by the wonderful, beautiful and kick-ass Nev Campbell. She's in college now and she has caller ID for obvious reasons mm-hmm. people try and like call her up all the time and prank her and she's like i know who the fuck you are why don't she's you like, go get nice it? try go run into traffic kid yeah she's got a roommate named Haley, and they're watching tv and we have leave schreiber returning again as cotton wary cotton werewolf and he's been proven innocent after being in prison for a year or something like that for, yeah for killing her mom yeah and the interviewer, who was actually the writer, Kevin Williamson, he had a little cameo mm. there. And then Cotton's just like, I'm going to go live my life. And then channel changes and we see there's been the two murders at the movie theater <gasps> at the premiere of Stab. And this sort of sets Sydney off. So she goes to find who else but Randy. Randy. I, I you were going to say his name. I stared at you for a second there. You yeah, I forgot. Name. I forgot who it was. Played by what Jamie Kennedy. Was. And I, mean, I think Jamie Kennedy is like really good in Scream 1 and 2. Me too. I feel like um, in Scream 1, it was really him and um, Michael Lillard were like the top of that movie. And then Matthew. What did I say? Michael. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Matthew Lillard. And then in this one, yeah, he he kind of carries it again. I think I'm just used to him being in the, the Jamie X experiment, the Jamie Kennedy yeah. experiment. The only other thing I know him from. <laughs> And that one movie, Malibu's Most Wanted, where he's a white guy. Yeah, yeah. Is it Malibu's Most Wanted? It's something like I that. I never saw it, but I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm just using him being an absolute trash. Uh, yeah. No, it's, you know, sorry. The characters guy, he plays but... or whatever. But yeah, no, I just, I, I really like him in Scream 1 and, and in this movie. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this is when we're introduced to his character, he's in class. It's in a film class. And they're having the classic debate how, like, are sequels better than the original? Right. Which ones Which again. Are. And but, I love uh, it. Yeah, they just start off immediately with this sequel. They're like, all right, well, all sequels are trash, especially when in the horror genre, that's when they go downhill. Mm-hmm. Although they start talking about other ones like Terminator 2. I got to agree with that one. Aliens, although there was an argument that eh, that one wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that they're two sides of the same coin. I think both are appreciated. Mm-hmm. And maybe Aliens might be a little bit better than the first because it's more fast-paced action. Exactly. On your opinion. 
they bring up Empire Strikes Back at some point, but Jay, Godfather Two. I don't agree with that one. I, think I don't. Godfather you know, what? I've never seen either Godfather or Godfather Two. I realized I don't think that they're your kind of movies. They're they're horror movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a lot of my notes just say "Holy shit!" because we just see people left and right. Holy shit! It's Buffy, and by that I mean Sarah Michelle Gellar. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Holy shit! Timothy Oliphant. Holy shit, Dawson's Creek, Pacey, or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, the guy from Fringe. I thought he was going to be Fringe, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> yeah. I also don't think he was in any other scenes besides this one. Yeah, me neither. He just I thought he was going to be a main character. Me too, because all these other people, I thought maybe Timothy Oliphant would have been like the, the cameo. Yeah. But no, he's a fucking main character in this. Timothy fucking surprised. Oliphant. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I totally forgot about that for some reason. Again, this cast is just brilliant, but they have the sequel talk, which I do. I, I love that fits in this perfectly mm-hmm. and then we see jerry o'connell as well oh my god and we all know what jerry o'connell is from right piranha 3d that's right also is in sliders what if you could slide into a thousand different worlds oh. everyone's favorite sci-fi show sliders <laughs> wait am i forgetting something jeff have you ever heard of a show called Star Trek Lower Decks. Star, Star Trek, Trek reference. reference. It's been a long time. It has been. We forgot one completely he's in last week. Yeah, he's the voice of one of the higher ups, one of the oh, nice. main command. Yeah. Good job, Jerry. He's fucking great. Oh, he's also married to a certain Rebecca Romaine. Who is number one in Star, Star Trek, Trek Discovery Strange reference. New Worlds oh, reference? Fuck. I mean, she did have a small cameo in Star Trek Discovery. <gasps> That's enough. <Yeah. laughs> I count that as three. Absolutely. We had to make up for the last few episodes. Boom, baby. But he also just looks so young in this, too. He's got the bluest baby fucking face. eyes. He's so baby faced. Yeah. All of them. I'm just so used to seeing them in movies now. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And you know what? I'm going to jump right into spoilers. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to do this episode a little different. OK. I I remember thinking he was going to be the killer. Well, I think he was originally supposed to be, right? Well, there's some talk about that. that. I got some. I have some back and forth on that uh, in my notes. But he I mean, they definitely had him. He was in between his dialogue, they're like, just look kind of ominous and just kind of look around like unsettling and like you're you're nervous. And so it was like, well, he looks like he's the fucking killer. And it was like, no, we're just fucking with you. We are also reintroduced to Gail. She is looking good with a new haircut. Shorter. There's some redder in maybe. there. Redder. Yeah. She's got very pencil thin eyebrows, which made me think, ah, yes, this was the 90s. Ah. And that was a that was a thing. Yeah. Watching the mummy couple weeks ago and okay rachel weiss has very thin eyebrows and i'm like ah what a sign of the what a sign of the sign era. of the times yeah good times great times i was seven years old 1997 i do love there's a lot in this movie too a lot of people being like come on man it's the 90s yeah there was a lot of that i, was like, I loved so it good. i think timothy elephant's character says that specifically too yeah i think it was like three or four times <laughs> that's great the key like like it's the future like come on man it's the 90s we don't talk like that anymore yeah, so then we also meet someone named Debbie Salt, who is a big fan of Gail's. Uh, Gail is here because she wants to know what's up with these murders. Are they connected with the killings from Woodsboro two years ago? Also, that's why Sydney was going to get together with Jamie Kennedy. 
What's his name? Randy. Randy. There was a certain point where he went into a British accent for a second and I got really yep. confused by it. I was like, why was are like, you doing this? Did you know he responded? I actually was. I listened to only that episode of his podcast because he was talking about being in Scream. Oh, really? And he watched back that scene. And he's like, he just cracked up. and was like, I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> I have no idea why I did that. You know, it's sort of funny because I have friends who just randomly start talking in a British accent. Huh. And I'm just like, all right. So, you know what? Hey, realistic. And he his character, I feel like, would do something like that. Art imitates life sometimes, eh? That's right. And then then life imitates art. It's like, yeah, that's a quote from the movie, even. It's a classic case of life imitating art, imitating this life. My next note just says, holy shit. Is that Portia de Rossi? Lindsay Bluth. Yeah. That's what I have. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this cast like is Like her only scene, control. I think. There's maybe one of three scenes or something like that, right? Uh, maybe like five. Yeah. It's maybe pretty, like six scenes. It's her know. and someone else that looked really familiar to me. Mm-hmm. They were like They're the main. so young. Yeah. So young, but they were the main sorority sisters that yeah. would kind of be around and then someone says uh they're talking about bj's oh yeah and then one of them's like uh harmonica style's okay right what the fuck is harmonica style <laughs> i have yet to find out it's like it's like eating it like that's a cob, corn corn? cob. <laughs> yeah corn, that's what i meant to say how weird anyway moving on we're introduced once again to Dewey, David Arquette. God, Yay. he is the fucking best. Yeah, he's His awesome. His character is great. I was just like relieved to see him. I take back what I said earlier. He's About. another great character. There's a lot of great characters. Absolutely. Well, he's just checking in on Sydney because anything to do with Ghostface, everyone who survived Woodsboro, the original incident, is just like, hmm, is this starting up again? Yeah, What's anytime happening? something happens, they all have to meet up. Yeah, and I mean, he was... Rose McGowan's older brother. So like they do have some connection too. Mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I sort of forgot that she was the one who got crushed in the garage door. Right. Yeah. That, he was her older brother. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. Whatever, but yeah, we have cotton weary showing back up too. And apparently Gail, Gail just seems really mean again. Remember she was very cutthroat, you know, like oh, I'm going to get yeah. the top story. And this, I think they're trying to show that maybe the, like success of her book has made her more just cutthroat and like, I'm going to do this now. Yeah. I, I'm a rule breaker. I do what I want. And so like, she corners. Suck. Yeah. She corners Sydney and is like, Hey, here's cotton weary. Why don't you guys talk this out? And cotton's like, Hey, what's up? Let's do this. It's like, and remember how you wrongly accused him of killing your mom? What do you say about that? And then he's like, wait a second. I thought this was supposed to be, you told me that it was like a official interview or whatever that she knew I was coming. And I just need to bring the scene up because Sydney fucking slaps the shit out of Gail. Yeah. Hell and yeah. It reminded me of Scream 6 with the, with the punch. Yeah. When she gets her back. Yeah. The dodge. And then the second time. <laughs> yeah. That was great. That was awesome. Then also Gail and Dewey have a little bit of a reunion. And, uh, you know, he's pretty pissed off at the way she portrayed him in her book. And he did say like a really cool line. He's like, you know, you said I was a bit bumbling and didn't really know what was going on. And how do you know that's not just me putting on a facade so that way I'm able to go about doing my job better because no one expects anything more. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's how I go through life. That's how I get by work is I do the Wait bare minimum. But if I need to actually step it up, I can do it. And everyone's like, ooh. Unless, uh, unless Steve's boss is listening, in which case. I work 100% he does of the time. 110% and just... He's a bumbling guy. You know, you never know. <laughs> so later that night, Sydney and Haley go to a sorority party and we are with Sarah Michelle Geller. She is staying. She's not at the party because she is. Uh, there was like a specific name, the sober sister. 
mm-hmm. in case any sorority sisters get drunk and need a ride home. I thought that was, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So she's at home by herself and she gets a phone call and we have the ghost face. <gasps> His first appearance. Do you want to die tonight, Cece? So she thinks that there's someone in the house. She hears noises from upstairs. Then we get a little jump scare too. And we have a little cameo from a Marisol Nichols, who everyone will remember from the show 24. Oh. Remember in season five? Nope. She, <laughs> she's part of the team and they're trying oh, to track down okay. some terrorists, but then it turns out she's a terrorist. <gasps> what? And then Dude, they have spoiler. to torture her. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. She was also in Riverdale. Okay. Yeah. Which was a so great was season. Matthew Lillard. In Riverdale? I don't know. Oh. I think I read that somewhere. No, you think of Skeet Ulrich. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. He is Jughead's dad. Oh, uh, okay. He's the leader of the snakes or the vipers or the- You know uh, what they say. Skeet, skeet. Skeet. If we're talking about the 90s, 2000s, the same thing. After Marisol Nichols' character scares the shit out of Buffy, I like that she leaves out the door, Ghostface calls back again, and then you just see Ghostface, I think, slip in the door Mm -hmm. before it's closed. I also always like when it's like, you have kind of a spooky moment and then it's diffused. Mm. And it's like, oh, we're safe because we're around like friend characters and this and that. And then it immediately goes back to like, you're never safe. Like you said, he slips in the door as she's leaving and calls her back. He just busts out a door after that. And I love this chase. He dives straight for Buffy, but he misses her and just eats shit into a table and a bunch <laughs> of stuff. And I was like, that is classic ghost face off yeah. the bat. And in a scene that made me think a scary movie, as Buffy is running up the staircase, she's just grabbing items like a potted plant or a bicycle <laughs> and throwing them at ghost yeah. face. And I remember in scary movie, I think. At one point, there's a piano that gets pushed down the stairs, and then Cindy grabs like an old lady who's walking down the stairs and throws her at ghost face. And I was like, this is great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And he chases her all the way up to the top of the house. He throws her out of a window. I think he also stabs her twice. He definitely stabs her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throws her out the window, and then he throws her off the balcony for kill number. Three stories. Yeah, kill number three. That was a long fall, my friend. Oh, I I thought it looked really good. And she did it for real. Classic SMG. Classic. My next note just says, Sydney, why are you answering a phone that's not yours? Because everyone leaves after they hear about uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy getting thrown out the window and the house is empty and Sydney just goes and answers the phone that's ringing. I would not answer that. For so many reasons. (laughs) One, you don't have caller ID. Mm -hmm. Two, that's not your phone. Not your house. It's a sorority house. I I don't know. Hello. It's like, what are you doing? I don't know. Just let it go to voicemail. But I like how you can see her kind of hesitate. She's yeah. Like, eh, whatever. And, and she, she did it. almost leave too. And then she had you to know. go back and get it. Here's another quick question. What mm. if she didn't answer the phone? You think Ghostface would have been like, ah, I'll try again later. Or would he just fucking bust out and try to stab her without the phone call? I, think I feel like he, he needs the phone call. I feel like he probably would have just attacked her anyways. Yeah. Because he comes out from some corner, I think, closes the door so that way... Jerry O'Connell's character can't help Sydney mm. and then Ghostface attacks her. Right. They run through the house a little bit. I think Jerry O'Connell comes into the back, mm-hmm. rescues her. and then Which is kind of like, huh, as soon as Ghostface left, wait a second, Superman's never around when you're around, Clark. You know? Yeah. And he ends up getting stabbed a bunch in the arms. Yeah. Or just in one arm in particular. But like a li- only a little bit. And then we learn that also the the stabs or the cuts on his arm miss all the vital arteries. So he's okay. Which is very reminiscent of some things that happened in Scream 1. And so he's taken to the hospital and everyone starts getting a little suspicious. Yeah, a convenient way to rule yourself out is to like, wait, no, 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 I'm here. And then I got cut on the arm. 
So this leads us into more scenes of Dewey and Randy getting together and trying to discuss like who could the killer be. I like um, I, it's just more of the same shit I was saying about the first one. But the way that they have multiple killers is so smart mm-hmm. because having two killers means you can't rule out anyone because of an alibi. True. Because you're like, well, no, no, no. He was at the party, so he can't be the killer. It's like, no, no. Because if there's two killers, at least mm-hmm. that means he could just be at the party and the, uh, his partners over here are like stabbing and you know, stabbing and screaming. Stabbing and screaming. Anyway, my next note says Derek does a song. Oh, yeah. Uh, he sings. He to stands Sydney. on the table and sings because uh, Sydney, I think, ended the relationship with him because she's also now suspicious of everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that was going through my head was, oh, my God, he's going to fucking slip and break his neck. <laughs> and that's just going to it's going to rule him out as a killer, I guess. Yeah. But he doesn't. No, that would be a weird scene. He just slips and breaks his neck and dies <laughs> in the cafeteria. Oh, so now we have uh, holy shit. It's Tori Spelling. There's like a little interview that we see more of the stab movie. Mm-hmm. And then and oh, well, holy shit, it's Luke Wilson. Yep. And it was the scene Playing skeet. where Sydney and Billy are talking at school about how, oh, you know, your mom just left. My mom's dead. Yeah. And isn't that right before she does her classic run? I'm surprised they didn't throw it. that in there. Wish he had done the run. Yeah. Says in my notes. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I also like, dude, like the dialogue is really corny and cheap in the stab movie. And he even yeah. says something like, oh, well, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Like, Jesus. <laughs> it's the worst. It's a little bit like self-deprecating. Yeah. We go back to Randy and Dewey and they start to talk about some of the rules now as well. Do you remember what those rules were for the sequel? Um, Don't get him wet. Don't feed him after midnight. <laughs> I think is are the rules. And what's the third one? Um, don't curse. And I'm just going to pull those up because I, I they said it and I just didn't write it down. Oh, also, that's OK. So while you're doing that, that scene where they stand up on the table and he sings Jerry mm-hmm. O'Connell. Apparently, that's how they had to audition for that role. All the actors that auditioned they're like, all right, just sing the song acapella. He did OK. <laughs> yeah, I think they were like, we want someone who's just bad enough for it to be charming. Uh, yeah, I was going to say charming for sure. So here are the rules to successfully survive a horror movie sequel. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. More blood, more gore. Carnage candy. Your core audience just expects it. And number three, if you want your sequel to become a franchise, never, ever... How do we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. Randy starts to describe a third rule. If you want your films to become a successful franchise, never, ever... But then he's interrupted by Dewey. And we never find that out. Oh, funny. Yeah. So those are Good some of the ones. things, you know, of course, there are the rules from Scream 1. Now we have the rules for the sequel. And they're also used as uh, taglines for the movie. They start going over like, could it be Derek? He's always just suspicious. He survived that stabbing. Could it be Mickey, who is Timothy Oliphant? I'm just going to probably refer to him as Timothy Oliphant because I forgot his name was Mickey. Yeah, me too. Could it be Haley, the roommate? Could it be Gail? Because she's after more fame and success. Could it be Dewey? She wants yeah. <laughs> And there's a little bit where they're both like, well, if it's me, then it could also be you. But if he's a suspect, so am I. So let's move on. Let's not move on. Maybe you are a suspect. Well, if I'm a suspect, you're a suspect. Do you have a point? Okay, let's move on. uh, Let's just rule (laughs) each other out. And yeah, and the woman who's like Gail's little fan fan girl oh, is yeah, like yeah i mean he is from woodsboro and the killer's probably from woodsboro yeah that's right so holy shit 
we have a David Warner cameo and he is the theater teacher, the man who's the director. Mm -hmm. And you may recognize him as the voice of Ra's al Ghul from Batman the Animated Series. (gasps) Or you may recognize him as the guy from Tron who goes, end of line. Acknowledge, Master Control. End of line. He also plays the big face. (laughs) The big face in Tron? Yeah, at the very end he does the voice. I'm the big voice face of Tron. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I did recognize him. I don't know from what. Well, probably one of those things. Here's uh, something else you might recognize him from. He was in the movie Necronomicon Book of the Dead that we covered a handful of episodes ago. He was in the one where it was like the guy who was he had like the cold blood or whatever. Or if he got uh, if he was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was he the scientist? He was a scientist. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And one final role that you will absolutely recognize him from, Jeff, is from a movie called Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Star Trek reference number four. As Chancellor Gorkin, who was trying to bring peace between the Federation and the Klingons. More like Chancellor Gulpin, fucking pervert. Unfortunately, he was murdered and that, Uh, that peace treaty was put on the line. But, well. I don't want to spoil Star Trek 60 Undiscovered Country for anyone who hasn't seen it. So go watch that next. <laughs> my next sorry, my next note just says theater is weird. <laughs> because we I, like your, I don't know if you can hear that in the podcast, but Steve just let out a little giggle for his his note. Because <laughs> like Sydney wanted to leave the play, but then David Warner was like, nah, I stay, do this. And he also made like a little joke like, I, I just don't have an understudy. And I laughed at that. <laughs> yeah. But then we sort of see what this play is. You know, it's like, it's like a what Greek the fuck is this thing? And I, I get it. But I was like, man, theater is so weird. Yeah, I will say I in my notes, it says Nev Campbell. Mm-hmm. Something about her dramatic delivery of, of lines is really good. It's great. I'm like, this play is dumb as hell. <laughs> but her being like the goddess of whatever. I was like, this is tight. She should like voice act. I'm sure she has. Yeah, probably. Hopefully. Well, you got to answer a question for me here, Jeff. Okay. So while she's dancing and there's all these other people dancing about, she starts like seeing ghost face around. Yeah, with a knife. So swinging at her. Was that real or were they like just like visions? Like was she freaking out? I think she was freaking out. At first I thought it was real. I think it's the blurry, like because they're all wearing masks. White masks, yep. And so like the movement and she's like just traumatized. So she's already. Like, ah, yeah. I'm surrounded by masks. Yeah, I, I, I wrote down ghost face learning choreography with a thumbs up. <laughs> but then I realized, oh, he probably wasn't there. He wouldn't. Well, yeah. maybe he would, but I feel like the director would be like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> well, he does get off up the stage, please. At a certain point. But I think maybe just because he sees Sydney's having like a little because she's like freaking freak. the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. And crying later on. We have the killer calling Randy, Gale and Dewey. And we have a fun little cell phone chase moment where Randy is keeping Ghostface on the phone. And then Gale and Dewey. go. I like out. that whole scene. Yeah, me too. It was like. I guess not that many people have cell phones mm-hmm. or as many as now. Yeah, the whole, the whole like, they're like, just find someone with a cell phone. And they it's just like, run up and like shove them and grab the phone out of their hands. Yeah, it was like five people. <laughs> I think my favorite one was when they courted some guy who like went around a corner and then Dewey fucking tackles him by jumping off of like a ledge and tackles <laughs> him to the ground. That was great. Yeah. He's like, I was going to say that um, tactic w- wouldn't work in modern times but i guess it kind of would because it'd be someone actively on their cell phone no bluetooth good point damn yeah i have my bluetooth headphones all the time yeah just talking to yourself walking through the park you know calling people i'm I'm gonna kill you yeah what's your favorite scary movie someone's like excuse me dude watch where you're going god damn sorry about that 
Well, unfortunately, Randy, the ghost, ghost face killer is like, hey, I, I can see you guys. And that's why they go looking up to people's cell phones. And mm-hmm. and Randy gives them the business on the phone, which I yeah. appreciated. I like that he starts calling out to he's like, you are nothing like Billy and the other one. Yeah. And he's like, dude, set your targets, like set your target higher. Like you want to be these fucking high school kids? Cool. <laughs> fucking lame and then I like that he even did call like Billy a pussy or something yeah. too. And then fortunately that's when he gets got. We see yeah. the van door, Gail's van door open up and Randy gets pulled in and it's ghost face and we have kill number four. He just gets stabbed and then, so uh, many times. Oh, so many times. And then we have a conveniently timed. That's in my notes too. <laughs> Convenient boombox guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally the door shuts and they come around the corner. I'm like, they well, they're involved. They paid those guys for sure. They come around with a boombox like dancing, dancing, playing loud music so that no one will hear Randy get killed. And again, in my notes, it says in any other movie, this would be a moment where I'd be rolling my eyes. But in this movie, it just just works. Makes sense. Yeah. We have Sydney getting an instant message saying you're going to die tonight. Yeah. Just red text in a black box. (laughs) I'm like, did instant messaging exist? Because that's not what it looks like. Sure doesn't. It just You're gonna die tonight. Just you know, to instant messenger AOL. Yeah, little noise. You've got mail. Like, look, we're we're modern. This is what teenagers do. Then there's a weird bit where Cotton ends up cornering Sydney, and he's just really excited to go on Diane Sawyer. And then he's also very aggressive about it. And it's like, ooh, man, you are a bit shit. You're really oh, shit. Yeah. He gets very handsy and like mad when she's like, I don't really want to, or I can't be talking to you right now i was like man just ease up yeah it's like i mean not a great look when there's a killer out there and also even if you're not the killer you're just an asshole you know yeah so he gets arrested but then released because there's I mean, he didn't really do anything aside from really just be a shit guy but we also have debbie salt once again just skulking about she's always around and i like that gail always is just like you you suck leave me alone she's like <laughs> rex her every time yeah like you're a wannabe has like not has been you're just a wannabe and go away mm-hmm. and then her cameraman who we haven't really mentioned he just pops up here and there but i just want to give a shout out to him because he says enjoy see ya wouldn't want to be you <laughs> that's really 90s yeah that deserves a shout out for sure so he does end up leaving a bunch of extra footage. And so Dewey and Gail go to examine it and they end up kind of having a little moment back to their old ways. Dewey, again, has just been kind of giving her the cold shoulder throughout all of this. And she's trying a little bit. But finally, they both let down their barriers and they kiss. But unfortunately, they are interrupted by Ghostface again. What? Uh, cock block. What are you doing over there? Nothing. <laughs> So there was a jump scene that did actually get me because the projector gets turned on. And so Dewey goes to look like in the room because he sees Ghostface for a second. Mm-hmm. And then he when he goes up there, Ghostface is gone. And then it goes back to Gail and Ghostface jumps out from behind her. <laughs> I didn't expect that for whatever reason. Like I was like, oh, I love seeing. I wish I was here for that. I love seeing people jump at jump scares. <laughs> Yeah, and usually jump scares don't get me. I don't know why. Like it, it's very much me. he was very much going to pop up there. Obviously, they always get me. But yeah, that one, I just I really liked. Sometimes when I know, it's almost worse. That's true. So Gail gets hunted in the sound room, and I really like that bit. I really like that just the way everything looks and how I thought that there was going to be more maybe yelling and screaming, mm-hmm. and then someone wouldn't hear it because you know they're in a soundproof room, right? Which actually does end up coming into play in in a second here with Dewey. 
because Gail locks herself in a room. She's able to avoid being ghost faced, but then Dewey does not see that ghost face is behind him. And there's this soundproof glass and he's trying to get her attention. And then unfortunately she turns around and she just witnesses Dewey get stabbed a bunch. Yeah. A bunch of times. And he gets like pushed up against the glass. And does and the classic like slide down. Yeah. Which I feel like if you're banging on soundproof glass, you'd hear it. But who knows? Maybe not. Well, maybe you can. Cause like the, you know, it blocks sound waves, but you hitting the actual glass, I feel like would make a thud, you know, but you never know who know, maybe I don't know anything about fucking sound studios. Same. And I got to say, I got really like bummed out. Yeah, that was like, sad. Oh, no, do we? But then I remembered, oh, no, he's, You're like, he's, wait a he's in the a sixth couple more one, movies. Yeah. No, nah, he has well, number five. Well, unfortunately. Oh, that's true. Maybe not. No, nah, that was officially confirmed. Maybe oh, not. Sorry. Maybe spoilers. Maybe not. So then we have Sydney and Haley going into protective custody, but that doesn't last very long because we have like the two detectives or whoever who are protecting them. They're driving them wherever. And we just get kills number five and six here. So they stop at a light. Ghostface comes up. That one up. made me kind of laugh for some reason. The This kill. This one, the throat slit? Yeah. yeah he, what does he do? He just punches he the window. He says something like. They ask where they're going. And they're like, oh, if we tell you, we have to kill you. Yeah, he's like, ah, and it's like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, shit. <laughs> yeah, that one, that guy dies. Something about like a dumb joke just punctuated with him death. getting murdered is so good. The other detective gets out and fist fights him, but then Ghostface jumps in the car and hits him. And so this whole scene was comedy for sure. I loved it. The detective's just on the hood of the car. Yeah, he's like, stop, motherfucker. Or whatever. He's like, I'm going to put one in you. And it just cuts to Ghostface like behind the wheel, just <laughs> gri- driving chaotically through the streets. So yeah. I was like, this is amazing. I want that as just an animated like gif. And then, of course, Sydney and Haley are in the back of this car that they can't get yeah. out of because it's a cop car. And and I think my favorite kill, the detective cop guy gets slammed into a bunch of, I think, like construction stuff. And his head just gets fucking crushed. <laughs> you see a pipe go through it, too. And then they just crash. And it it's is gnarly. brutal. Yeah. And that. Thank you. You're that welcome. knocks out Ghostface. And now Sydney and Haley have to get out of the car, which they managed doing to do by pulling off like the like the grate or the screen in between the front and the back of the car. Yeah, because the car was all banged up. And then this bit really actually kind of bothered me where Sydney is very slowly. She has to, like she can't get out any other way besides she has the to, like crawl across Ghostface, Ghostface out the driver's head window. And she's slowly taking her time. And I get it. I get you're trying to not wake him or, you know, do anything. But she has so many opportunities to just pull that fucking mask off. Mm-hmm. she reaches for it she does and she hits the horn and she gets scared and is like fucking I'm out of here but then she goes over Ghostface anyways and she could easily just grabbed it as she was getting out that doesn't happen I feel like this is one of those moments that James brings up yeah. where it's like it's just a dude like if it was a fucking demon or something it's like don't wake him because there's nothing we can do if he's awake and it's like we need to get but it's just a guy in a mask it's like pull the mask off and be like David, what the fuck? And like, and he's, he's unconscious. Yeah, he's been in a car accident. Yeah, he's in the car. He's been in a car accident. Like, as, especially once you're outside of the car, yeah. you're fully like, you have the high ground. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. And Sydney gets out of the car, and mm-hmm. then she also has Haley get out of the car. They're both out of the car, and they start to leave. And then this entire time, I'm like, Haley, you could have grabbed it too, or. You guys are both out now. Grab it. But they get like 
halfway down the street and then Sydney's like, no, I have to go back. It's like, fucking Sydney, you had every opportunity to do that. You just didn't. And it really bothers yep. me. But I get it. It's a yeah. Once you're movie. both out of the car, just reach in, snag the mask and sprint. Yeah. And then you're like, now I know who it is. And I'm sa- safely away. So my note says, oh, my God, this scene is annoying. <sighs> yeah, that was frustrating. And well, she goes back to finally fucking do it. But he's not there. He's gone. You underestimate my power. Yeah. And um, her friend stands next to a big stack of, I think, uh, what are those called? Uh, Boxes. They're like those crates. Yeah. Or whatever. Just in the just framed. So weird. I think intentionally. It has to be. But it's like she's just standing next to it like, wait, no, don't. Come back over here. And her friend, it's dangerous over there. Her friend keeps saying like, you know, leave it. Let, let the police take care of this. Yeah. Every time you go back, that's when you die. But then Sydney even says like, you know, by the time the cops get here, he'll be gone. And she goes back to the car and he's already gone. Yep. Fucking should have taken that mask. Anyways, going back to what you were saying, Jeff, we now have kill number seven. Ghost face appears from behind the a stacked crate. uh, crates. Whatever the fuck they're called. That's going to bother me. And slits her throat. I think he stabs her in the heart, doesn't he? Oh, maybe. Well, he yeah, gets her. I think her. you're right. He gets her. Yeah, he gets her good. So she's dead. Could have avoided that. The next note I have just says, oh, Cotton shows up. We go back to Gail and I guess now just Gail. And he's got <laughs> a whole bunch of blood on his hands and it's not a good look. Yeah. And Gail's immediately just like, oh, my God, you're you killed him. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, no, it's not what it looks like. And. Gail runs out. She manages to call the police, bumps mm-hmm. into a fucking salt lady again. It's like, God, give me that phone. And we now have Sydney going back to the theater. And my note honestly does say, Sydney, why would you go back to the theater? Yeah. She runs back to campus, which I guess maybe it's just because it's the safest place you can think of, as opposed to like the police station. I guess it's just close by. May, right. She's like, I just need to get somewhere where there's people, maybe. And, and Ghostface did turn on the, the theater music, I think. So that And she doesn't did, have her own phone. I guess not, huh? For some reason. I guess these things sort of add up. Because, I mean, I guess you wouldn't want a phone if you're getting called all the goddamn time. Yeah. So she goes back into the theater, and she ends up coming across Derek, who's tied up because of some... He gave her his fraternity letters earlier Mm -hmm. in the movie. Jerry O'Connell. What did I say? His character name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just going to bounce all over the place. This is what I have in my notes. (laughs) Uh, Jerry O'Connell, yeah, his fraternity. He's tied up kind of like Jesus. Yeah, his fraternity did it to him because he gave his letters away. Which is, I don't know, apparently a thing you're not supposed to do, at least in the movie. I guess so. And holy shit, we have Ghostface coming up and we get the reveal. <gasps> Wait, Jerry O'Connell? No. no. <gasps> uh, do we? Sidney Prescott? <gasps> no. Gail? No. Haley? Wait, is that... B- uh, Pacey? No, it's no, not Pacey. It's, it's not Timothy Pacey. Oliphant. <laughs> it's man. I thought, man, you really you thought I was up. building. I did an invert. <laughs> hey, that's keeping me on my. You got to build. Like, it's uh, like I'm, you know, edging or ah, yeah, too much. <laughs> it, you build up the and then, you know, yeah, and then you ruin it. It's it's Timothy Oliphant of all people, and I ah Timmy. I wish I had not known that he was like the killer, just because I remember from pumpkin Watching carving it before, yeah. yeah. I was kind of hoping I would have forgot, but I, I don't think I would have seen that reveal coming. No, me neither. Because he does. I don't think you know, like he weaves in and out of the story here and there. But. Yeah. And he definitely like throws in some like he and he like tries to point the finger at other people multiple times yeah. throughout the movie. Which I mean, everybody does. You don't want to be the one being right pointed at. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like this. 
Yeah. Hey. Hey. Don't fucking point at me. I'll point at you. I'm giving you the finger. I'm Flip pointing the at bird. You. Yeah. Okay, well, he's fire. We now have <laughs> kill number eight. Holy <laughs> shit! He just shot Jerry O'Connell, and you see that right in the fucking chest. hole go through him too. Yeah. And I did like this bit because he Timothy Elephant tries to convince Sydney that Jerry O'Connell was in on it. He's like, "Man, you were hung up here, and I just had to get you know I had do, to do all it all shit. myself." Yeah. And Jerry O'Connell's just like, "Don't listen to him." He's like, "Dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> He's like, he's a liar. But then you see Sydney because, I mean, you don't know who to trust. Right. And she starts to sort of back up a little bit, too. She's like, oh, I was going to untie you, but I'm not doing that anymore. Yep. So I thought that was pretty fucked up. But then he shoots him. He's like, no, he wasn't part of this. Yeah, he's a good one. Which was which is pretty funny. Psych. He says that he has the perfect way to get away with it. And it's because of something they were talking about earlier in the movie where do violent things in movies and that you see on TV. Does that like influence your mind? Does violence right. incite more violence? And he was going to use that whole argument and there was going to be this big trial. And I, I got part of me also thought like maybe an OJ he wanted, style trial. I think he says he wanted the fame. Yeah. Which we do also see. What was his name? Cotton Weary. That's why he's very much just trying to get on TV. It, mm-hmm. it seems like to be kind whole, of a theme in, the, in this movie. Exactly. And I did like that. I think was Scream One one of the movies that people were like, "Oh, it's over violent." You know? I'm and, sure, and I feel like that's probably a reference to that, right? Or maybe just in general mm-hmm. to things, horror movies causing violence and all that. Which is true. I mean, I'm I mean, incredibly violent. Yeah. Now that we do the podcast, yeah, I've seen you murder 17 men already that's today. Right. Yeah. Today only. Yeah. That's why I'm so tired. Yeah, that's why I was just like awkwardly sitting off to the side like, dude, we got to we gotta record this I had episode. to shower all the blood off me. Mm-hmm. If I was just talking about punching a stranger. It's that's all because these gosh darn movies, these dude. These movies. Well, we have Sydney doing a 80s slash 90s thing where something that she was given or a skill that she has came into play later on to save the day. She uses a necklace to slap him in the face, which I, <laughs> the way they sort of built it up, I was like, She's not going to really use this to get out of the situation, is she? Because it's like a tiny necklace. A little baby necklace. And then she does. She slaps him in the face with it. And that causes him to like drop his gun or whatever. And then she beats him up a little bit. It's That's like, what I would do if I got slapped in the face with a little baby necklace is I would drop my gun. Well, like how heavy is that necklace? What is it going to do? It's the it carries the weight of a fraternity. Oh, that's actually pretty. Yeah, good. that's pretty good. Well, what's his name? Timothy Elephant does get the upper hand. And then we have. The reveal of someone else. Oh, we also have Gail showing up. At when a do we? Point. When do we have? I feel like right around this time we have one of my favorite lines in the movie. Maybe not one of my favorites, but it was a great one. It's when he, uh, Timothy Oliphant, Timothy Oliphant, is talking about Billy Loomis. Yeah, is that right here? It has to be. He's talking about Billy Loomis, and she goes, "You're forgetting one thing about Billy Loomis." And he goes, "Oh yeah, what's that?" I fucking killed him and then like beats his ass. Yeah. yeah. I think that's when he has the upper hand and then it turns on him. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Gail did show up at some point. Not really sure what. Just cut in just really quick. Just cut in the scene. Just cut out me doing it and cut in the actual scene. Okay. (laughs) Will do, sir. I hope. Whenever I say that, you never do. And then everyone laughs at me. (laughs) Well, Jeff, we do have a bit of a reveal here. We have another one of my holy shit moments. (gasps) What? Yeah. Jeff. Who enters in the room? I'm not going to do the bit again. (laughs) (laughs) It's Salt Lady. It's Debbie Salt. Oh, my God. It's revealed who she is. Who is she? Someone's mom. I forget. Billy's mom? Billy's mom. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's Mrs. Loomis. I can remember if it was Billy or um, Michael. Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> Fucking A, dude. <laughs> uh, apparently, It'll always be Michael to me. She looks different than most people remember because she had a makeover and lost, I think, 60 pounds. And then after this moment, everything just like escalates really fast because this is when she shoots Timothy Oliphant like a few times. And then she yeah, she's Gale. like, I'm not going to have to worry about such and such. Yeah. Or because he's like, I'm going to be famous. And she's like, ha ha, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Kill number nine. Timothy Oliphant is filled with bullets. Also, Gail is shot. So apparently Mrs. Loomis is just like, I want revenge. You killed my son. And, uh, you know, and you, whole, your mom broke up my marriage mm-hmm. and everyone always tries fucked to my husband. Everyone tries to blame the parents for kids doing weird things. You know, I loved my son. Yeah, but I killed him. You know, yeah. Classic stuff. So, yeah, it's probably not your fault. You're just shooting all these people and murdering, murdering away. But Sydney's, I don't know if she ever donned the suit. Did she say? I feel like. Yeah, no, she, she did. just had Timothy do it. No, she did. Oh, she did. Yeah. She, good, good on her. Like, Put on she, you, she Mama Loomis. References it in this very scene too. She talks about how Sydney kind of shit talked Billy like on the news and stuff. And then uh, when Randy was calling her son Billy like a pussy and all that, the rage got the better of her, and she mm. went a little overboard, stabbing right, um, stabbing Randy. And I read too in some trivia that there's like some red lipstick in between two fingers of Randy's. If you're paying attention close enough to, like, symbolize that there's also a, a woman killer. Interesting. Yeah. Sydney is able to shut her up by grabbing a bottle and just bashing her in the head. Yeah, nice. It was pretty great. And then Sydney uses the power of theater to beat up Mrs. Loomis. <laughs> she literally just like turns on everything. She's like having these walls drop. She's blasting the music. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, she, I don't know, something falls and it causes a wall to fall on top of Mrs. Loomis. And it looks like they, like it's styrofoam, right? And the way Mrs. Loomis sure. reacts, it looks like she's just being hit by actual rocks and shit because she goes fucking down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, ah, 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 you know, they're like, we use actual rocks. <laughs> yeah, that was my that was my other note, too. Aren't those supposed to be styrofoam rocks? <laughs> well, once again, Mrs. Loomis gets the upper hand and then Cotton shows up and I think he has a gun now, too. He picks I believe he picks up Timothy's gun. Yeah. And he's like, well, let's figure this out. What's going on? But then because of his obsession with Diane Sawyer and really wanting to get on TV, Sydney finally agrees to go on that interview and then caught and just fucking shoots Mrs. Loomis. Yeah, it's very much like he was supposed to be Loomis is trying to convince him like, hey, I'll help you be famous. Like, help me out. Yeah, like Sydney put you away for, you know, a year of your life or however long. Yeah. And you can see him hesitating. But then Sydney's like, consider it done. Fine. I'll do your fucking interview. And he's like, all right. And then shoots Loomis. I did love that. Just such an obsession with wanting to be interviewed. Apparently, there's a lot of really quick before I forget a lot of um, references to Friday the 13th. Yes. There? Yes, there are. With the mom and mm-hmm. there's a bunch of other shit. So, so well, that's going to be kill number 10. <laughs> Mrs. Boom. Loomis gets a bullet to the throat and you could really see that shit. Just blood coming out. That was yeah. really cool. Cotton says a funny line. He's just like, wow, that was intense. <laughs> <laughs> so everything's just slowly de-escalating. Yeah. We see that uh, that Gail is okay. Apparently, the bullet like bounced off of her rib and she fell down into the orchestra pit. She's like, "I'm here." They check on Mrs. Loomis's body again, and Sydney says something like, "I always come back." And we have the return of Timothy <gasps> Oliphant. <gasps> and now we get the real kill number nine. Yeah, hit it. <laughs> and in a really in like brutal scene, 
Uh, Gail took the gun from Cotton, and Sydney has a gun as well, and they both just light up Tim the Elephant even more. <laughs> and I love that he's just covered in blood too, and the way he like jumps up is very theatrical. And yeah, they shoot him dead, and then Sydney decides to just make sure that Mrs. Loomis is dead because you know they always come back, and just puts a bullet straight in her head. Just in case. Something I've always appreciated in these movies. Didn't she shot Billy in the head, right? Yeah, so, it was similar kind of yeah. thing. Well, we have the aftermath of everything. Turns out Dewey is okay. Apparently, the knife went into old scar tissue, which saved his life. Ew. I, I mean, I like that he's still alive. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, Gail goes with him to the hospital. It also sounds like maybe he was stabbed in the same place. Because he was stabbed in the first one, right? Yeah. There's a funny line earlier in the movie, I think, when he's talking to Randy. And Randy's like, why do you have a limp? You were stabbed in the back. <laughs> then he goes along to say uh, like nerve damage or right. something like that. But I thought that was a funny line. Yeah. We have Cotton finally getting all of the interviews and attention that he wants for saving the day. And we also have just Sydney now walking off onto campus to enjoy the rest of her life as some sweet boom, 90s music. We're in the 90s. This is a song. <laughs> I have two final notes here, Jeff. Okay, so do I. We have the final flashes of Ghostface that they do at the end of every movie, mm -hmm. which I forgot about. And that me too. sort of made me jump, honestly. <laughs> and then my last note just says, is that less than Jake playing over the credits? And it was It's like, really? Why is less than Jake in a huh. screen movie? And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's the 90s. Ska. Oh, yeah, That's baby. A thing. So I so love less than everywhere. Jake. And apparently that song was the song that Billy, not Billy, Jerry O'Connell sang to to Sydney. Oh, nice. Yeah. So what are your final notes? Um, they have to do with a script. Okay. Well, do you want to move Oops. this into trivia then? Yeah. All right. Well, that is the end of our movie. And let's move into our final thoughts for trivia. Jeff, can I ask you a question? Yes, you can. Did you like this movie? Of course I did. Really? Yeah. I'm sort of surprised, but also really? not surprised. Well, I feel like the track record for sequels has not been very good this month. Uh, that's true. I will say as far as this month has gone, I don't think I've liked any of the movies we've watched through... All of Hurwitz's Horrortober, part two of the sequel. You didn't even like the first one that we did? Uh, oh, Child's Play 2. Child's Play 2. No, I liked it okay. That was probably the highlight. Like, the highlight. I was like, that was, that was pretty good. It wasn't as good as the first one. It was pretty good. And then from there, I was just like. Yeah, Gremlins 2 Final was Destination bomb. 2, trash. Oh, yeah, Gremlins 2, that. that was fucking dumb. Hellraiser 2, 2, that was great. That was boring. <laughs> It's like, damn, I've never okay. heard Hellraiser 2 be described as boring. <laughs> You're a bit of a rude goose today again, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, I got a fucking chip on my shoulder. I mean, I did suggest this movie for us to be the last one because it I wanted to end on something good yeah, that yeah. you probably would have enjoyed. And yeah. I knew Hellraiser 2 wasn't going to be a hit with you. I so. tried not to. You know, I don't want to be a little stick in the mud over here. But, uh, uh, you but, need it every yeah, now and know. again. But, but I like this movie. Good. Yeah, I'm a fan. Again, I mean, I like the first one better. When was the first time you watched this movie? Oh, a great question. No idea. Mm -hmm. What about you? Was I, it when we were carving pumpkins we were in Long Beach? Pumpkins, yeah. I don't think I'd seen any of the screen movies before then. How crazy. Or No, I think maybe my sister was watching the first one and I walked in mm -hmm. and I saw some scenes. Or The first one will always be my favorite. That, that one is very good. So in terms of a sequel, though, would you say this is like a good sequel? Yeah, I definitely think this is a good sequel. As opposed um, to the other, not just these other sequels that we watched in Hurts' Horror but like the conversation they were having in the beginning of the movie. Do you think the sequel 
I'm not going to say lives up to the first, but it's, a, it's like a solid continuation. I feel like it's a proper continuation. It's it's weird to think of it as just like a first one in a sequel because I think of it as a series now. Yeah. But as far as just the sequel goes, like I think they did a lot of fun stuff with like talking about sequel movies mm-hmm. and a lot of having the stab movie in there and just all that kind of shit. It's like a lot of fun little additions to this one. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was good. Uh, some of the like the killers in this one. Kind of weak, mm-hmm. but that's kind of honestly, I would say the weak point of a lot of these movies is the killer is the reveal. OK, for me, it's like it was his mom, but she like had a makeover and then she like hired a serial killer on Craigslist. It's oh, like, yeah. I forgot what? to mention that they met in like a Yeah, she's a like, room. it was a chat room for <laughs> killers. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so like that, that's that was pretty weak. To be fair and. Probably around 1997, I found myself in some weird chat rooms. Not yes, weird, not uh, weird. Hey, you know, I but mean, just like wanna, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Never mind. Don't listen to me. Keep going, Jeff. <laughs> uh, but you, you know, you get it. But overall, like great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very. I feel like uh, solid follow up. Everyone should watch it. Uh, did you like it? I did. I thought this was a really nice good sequel as well. Not as good as the first, mm-hmm. but I think it's very close to it. I mean, it. I feel like they captured again the characters from the first one and they have evolved. They've learned different things and mm-hmm. they've changed. And that's why they're more equipped for the situation that they're dealt with. Or right. That they're handed. And it's very fun. The meta bits are very entertaining. I like all of the references to other things. Like you were saying, there are references to Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when Sarah Michelle Geller was talking to Selma Blair on the phone, she starts going like, oh, yeah, yeah. And just the whole thing that it's a, a mother going for revenge because of the death of her son, mm-hmm. just like Friday the 13th. It's yeah. There's some Freddy Krueger stuff, apparently. Oh, oh Wes Craven. From the first one and the second one. Yeah. 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 Like It's pretty. They're great lighthearted moments. And it's not one of those things where they're shoving comedy like at right, you right it's oh that was a funny bit and i appreciated that mm-hmm. not being beaten over the head i like that there were definitely there were more kills i believe i mean it's part of the rules i believe so i think they could have been better it was just like a lot of stabbing which i mean that is Ghostface's mo but i mean in the first one you got the garage door you have the the cameraman i mean that was just he gets, his he gets stabbed throat, he gets his throat slit um, I guess you can only do so much, but yeah, he is kind of like the stab. I mean, stab. He's like exactly the stabby it's, it's killer. In the name. Yeah, yeah. Everything I think is this but is I, got you. This is a very fun movie. I think that this, this is one of the better sequels to most movies. Mm-hmm. They're then you know in in that same in that same boat. I think it's great. So Jeff, is this a movie you will watch again? Oh, I'm sure. I usually try to watch at least one Scream movie every Halloween. Hey, yeah. What about you? You did it. Yes, without a doubt. Nice. I definitely am going to revisit this series at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. This is going to go into my next question. Is this a movie you would show somebody? Absolutely. For me, it is. Oh, me too. It's so much fun. I don't really remember three at all. I don't think I've seen four, but five and six are really good, too. I'm excited to do three and four. I'm excited to do three because I hear that one isn't very as beloved. I don't remember liking three or four. Four, I know a lot of people didn't like at the time because it's a little bit more meta, I think is what people It's a said. little bit like 
But not Look, in we're way. in modern times and also like, yeah, a little too self-referential. I don't yeah. know, but I haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's got a good track record so far. Mm-hmm. Two, excuse me, four out of the six, I think are pretty great. Yeah, not bad. I did sort of miss the Woodsboro setting, the, totally. like the small towny, but, you know, you can't do the same thing for the sequel. I mean, you can, but. I did like that they took it out of Woodsboro, but mm-hmm. that made me think to Scream 5, where it's just such a good recreation Smart to go back. of the first one. Yeah. yeah. So, is this a movie you'll show someone? Oh, yeah. Is this a movie you'll show Skylar? She's seen it, I believe. Does she like it? Yeah. Good. She's a fan. I believe she's a fan of the Scream series. Because if you haven't seen, I mean, hopefully you've seen the Scream movies if you're listening to this. But if you haven't, I mean, they're, they're fun. Yeah. There's some gore to them, but really it's palatable. Mm-hmm. In in the grand scheme of like the movies that we've watched, it's like, like you said, a lot of stabbing. There's some like throat slitting. But if you're kind of like just you get desensitized pretty quick in these movies and, <laughs> and and they're good and entertaining. So I definitely everyone should this. watch them. Go to intro movie into horror. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that for sure, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how about some of that trivia now, Jeff? Uh, Well, I wanted to talk about the fact that this was apparently one of the first big script leaks Mm. so um the the script was leaked early on there's a lot there's a big like urban legend essentially about this movie Mm -hmm. in regards to some people believe the script was leaked i mean the script is leaked you can find it online you can read it yeah and the ending is totally different there's a bunch of like a bunch of differences like uh i don't remember which one's the script online so there's a there's four versions of the script, I believe. The screenwriter confirmed that there was a dummy script written in case there's a leak. And then there's a script with three alternate endings. Yeah. So who knows what was originally supposed to happen and what was actually him just being like, just in case the script gets leaked, I'll just make shit, make shit up. Yeah. But theories are that like Mickey wasn't the killer originally. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to be Jerry O'Connell's character. Her friend, Haley, Haley and Salt still, I believe. Oh, interesting. this was be three. And then in the end, they shoot Mickey and, you know, it's mixed up like that. And Mickey was originally going to be the one singing on the table. And there's a whole like all of these characters get moved around and like the killers are different. Like the whole movie was totally different. Damn. Um, and then when it got leaked, they're like, well, fuck. And they had to rewrite things. And they're saying like day of they're turning in pages to be shot. and. That's the part that hasn't been confirmed. And a lot of people are like, I think people are exaggerating. And there's a fake script written and got leaked. And then they're like, oh, well. And then they just kept making the movie. I mean, I got to say, I really like the way the movie turned out. Me too. It's really fun. I think it works. I'm trying to imagine like if I had not known who the killer was, if I would have guessed it. Because that's what I really liked about Scream 6 going into that was just being like, oh, shit, I don't know who it could be. Me too. I really like the way that's one of the strengths of these movies is not knowing who the killer is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes again, it's because it's for dumb reasons that (laughs) you're not going to guess it, but it's still fun to be like, Oh, absolutely. Watching their actions and like, wait, who the fuck? Like, okay, they're wearing the boots because they always do that. Yeah. Like, cause cotton was wearing the boots. And uh, I think Timothy elephant was. Yeah. And I think, Jerry O'Connell at multiple oh, parts was also. So it's like, okay, who knows? Yeah. You know? Yeah. The mystery is is such a good part. And it does bum me out that 
certain people will go out of their way to be like, oh, I found out who it is and just leak it or just yeah. tell people. It's like, fuck you, man. Why? Yeah. Why do you do that? And that's why they do all this crazy shit now. Like for this one, they were printing from then on printing on like gray paper or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you can't photocopy it. And I know Christopher Nolan does that with red script pages and lockdowns of certain things. And apparently they didn't have the ending. Like none of the cast mm-hmm. knew who the killer was until they had to film those scenes. Damn. Because they're like, we don't want you guys ruining it for people by talking about it in public or anything. So that's really neat. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Let's move into the rating of this movie out of. Oh, I got a good rating. So we didn't mention that, Jeff, you brought your ghost face popcorn, popcorn bucket, bucket with us to enhance the mood and to just kind of join us and hang out. Yeah, a little third third guest here. So out of five ghost face popcorn buckets, how many ghost face popcorn buckets would you give this movie? You know what? First of all, popcorn buckets are dumb. Okay, I love them as decorations. <laughs> But I'm not going to put popcorn in that. Why? You know what I mean? Well, I'll fill it up with other cool stuff because it's a weird angle. It's I want a real bucket for popcorn. You know, this is more of like a cool souvenir. I feel like you're it's attacking like a, me because I told you I ended up ordering the. It Billy made me mad, Steve. From Saw, the popcorn bucket head with the light up eyes. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Are you going to use it for popcorn? Yes. I don't believe you. You know what? You listeners, send me a picture. Listeners, you're hearing it here first. I will be once I get my. Billy from Saw popcorn bucket head holder. I'm going to fill it with popcorn. I'm going to send a picture to Jeff and I'm going to post a picture to the Instagram. If I don't see a picture on the Instagram of Billy's balding head filled with popcorn. When we went to go I don't see, know what I'm going to do. When we went to go see Onyx, they were selling them there. And I said, I kind of want to get that. And you said, it looks like he's balding. And that deterred me immediately. <laughs> but then I saw people getting them online. And I was like, I want that. I need yeah. that. So I, I mean, ordered does, it. The character just kind of looks like he's balding, right? I guess so. He's like a little tiny middle-aged man. But well, anyway, anyways, it will be arriving in February. So we'll celebrate that then. <laughs> How many uh, but out of five um, Ghostface popcorn head buckets, mm-hmm. I'd give it a... Are we doing halves? Mm-mm. Shit. Shit. You know what? I'd give it a four. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a four. It's hard going back to a movie I've seen a number of times. I can understand that. You know what I mean? But it's I I believe like it's a fun movie. So many fun elements like the fact that I've gone back so many times. It's got to be rated pretty highly. Like, sure, there's some missteps and some goofy shit, but like, who cares? Yeah. For uh, Steven, out of five ghost face popcorn bucket heads, how many would you give this film? I'm going to give this a three out of five. Nice. Now, I, I did really like this movie. I think it's very fun. Like at a mm-hmm. certain point in the middle of the movie, I think maybe I was an hour in. I was just like, this movie is great. <laughs> this is fantastic. Like it has such a good ramping off point, too. It's like a build up. And then all of a sudden after that accident happens and they hit the third act, everything just fucking takes off. People are dying left and right. It's chaotic. And I, and I love that. And again, the mystery, even though I didn't know who they were, you're still just wondering, like, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I did remember this incorrectly, even though mm-hmm. I don't, even though I didn't. <laughs> but I, I believe I gave Scream original Scream like a four out of five or it was like very high up there. Maybe I have the right. That sounds there. about right. I think I give it five out of five. You give it four out of five. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do think the first is better. So just by the way this rating has to go, I'll give it a three out of five. It's That's still very strong. Yeah, very, very good. And I'm hoping that the series just stays this way. I mean, again, with 
five and six. I'm like, those are great. Those are so much fun. I'm looking forward to seven. Me too. Well, Jeff, are you ready for everyone's favorite segment of the show? <gasps> you mean tops and bottoms? Like it or hate it. One one star review, one five star review of this movie. For the one star review from Letterboxd by user Trin. Happy birthday, Nev Campbell. Uh, apparently this was written on Nev Campbell's birthday, October 3rd. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I will say the beginning was promising and funny at times, but the plot was just so boring afterwards. Like I literally had a straight face when Ghostface was revealed because I literally forgot who Mickey even was. The whole Billy's mom isn't dead thing was so annoying too. IDK, I wasn't moved. They were right. Some sequels are just bad. Like I know these movies aren't supposed to be taken seriously, but still this one was so hard to watch. One of the most embarrassing things in the movie was Derek singing in the cafeteria like, don't make me KMS. Kill, kill myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like kiss more students. Nope. Don't make me kill myself, I guess. Also, I forget which character had said they loved Ewoks, but that's just so real of them. One star. <laughs> I was seeing a lot of reviews for the for the one star that they people just found it boring. And I did hmm. not find it boring at all. Maybe because it's one of my first times revisiting it. But I thought it was very, uh, very fast paced. And there was a lot of things going on that kept me intrigued and interested. Yeah, it's but, interesting that someone would think it was boring. Yeah, like a lot of things. But boring, I wouldn't say, is one of them. To each their own. For our five-star review, we have letterboxed user Victoria with a hot take. Mickey is arguably the best killer of the franchise. He was born of flesh and blood, which all of them were, but let's keep, <laughs> keep going, and was a murderer way before he put on the ghost face costume, which makes it all the more terrifying once you think about it. Scream 2 is the best that this fan favorite franchise has to offer. And it's not even close. Wow. Which I did mention off off air. Uh, I don't agree. But hey, you know, I'm I, glad you liked it. I do see the point of like he was already a killer. This was clearly something he's been wanting to do. And now he just has the opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I mean, I still haven't seen three and four, but I don't think he's the best killer. I do think it's yeah. a little just like, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, already I feel like Billy and. And um, what's Matt, his damn Matthew. name in the movie? I don't remember. Oh, well, but Billy and uh, his compadre. I mean, they're clearly better, in my opinion. Yeah, they started it all. It's more interesting that they weren't killing people originally. Like this guy's just like, she's like, I want to. <laughs> it's Stu. <laughs> I know everyone's yelling in their pot <laughs> into their iPads. They're not iPads. <laughs> everyone's yelling into their iPads for some reason. Into their iPods. <laughs> The answer. iPods. How old are you? <laughs> Seventy you old man. Everybody's at home yelling into their record players. <laughs> <laughs> That's how people used to listen to podcasts. Did you know that? I do now. Um, so <laughs> Stu. I don't even remember what I was saying. Um, oh, just that the the she uh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Sorry, you really threw me off. <laughs> Fuck. I just screamed Stew into the <laughs> Stew. He sort of jumps too. <laughs> yeah. That was the first jump scare I got today. Um no, I agree. yeah, she's just like, I needed some people killed, so I found a dude on I don't know. I guess it's fine, but no, it's fine. Definitely not the best. Yeah, I think you might be right. Stu and and Billy. Stu and Billy, I would say, are top tier. And then like uh the killers in six. I won't say who they were, but they were fine. Yeah, I mean again, it, kind of a weak point of the movie. I do remember you bringing that up in the actual review itself. Mm -hmm. you, you you did say that, but I, did I don't like, remember who's the killer in five. It was 
what's his face? Kevin Cotton. No, who is married to You Got Mail? Tom Hanks? No, the actor You Got Mail. <laughs> I forgot that they <laughs> I forgot that they changed their name to You Got Mail after that movie is so successful. Yeah, yeah. Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Who's Previously Meg, known as. Who's Meg Ryan married to? I don't know. Yeah, you I'm glad we took this little journey. <laughs> this is going to like destroy me. It's somebody famous and they have a son. Ugh, oh, God, you're the well, fucking you worst. That's the worst. That'll narrow it down. Oh, I'm just bumping the microphone. Wait, someone's, someone famous Meg with a son? There's like two of them. Um, uh, at least Kurt Costner? No, you're thinking of Kevin Costner. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm thinking, thinking of Kurt Costner. You're thinking of uh, Dennis Quaid is here. <laughs> And the killer in that was Jack Quaid, who, wait, wait a second, Jeff. Do you know Jack Quaid does a voice on a very popular show called Star, Star Trek, Trek Lower, Lower Decks, Decks reference. reference. Number two and overall reference, number, <laughs> number five. five. You'll have to like index all of these in the show notes. <laughs> Because anyone wants to skip to just the Star Trek. Just the Star Trek reference. We do have a lot of people commenting. I only listen to the podcast for the Star Trek reference. <laughs> yeah. I just want to know what Star Trek references you guys are making. I don't care about horror movies at all. They get really upset when we don't have a Star Trek reference. So that's yeah. why we all so we put them in for you guys. It's for you. What was the point of this? I don't oh, know. Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid and his girlfriend were the killers. That's right. And then it was the. That yeah. was a decent one. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of thinking back to it. Yeah, better think, than six. I think one and two are. I liked six because it was connected to number five. Yeah, it was fine. But yeah, I think the original just they did it best. Yeah, so I agree with anyway. you on that one. Well, Jeff, I have more to say, but I'm not going to keep going. <laughs> this is already going on longer than I intended it to. Yeah, we yeah. did. A you bunch know what of I will rambling. say really quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so five and six, similar to how people do uh, sequels these days, kind of mirror one and two i just realized because billy uh mrs loomis mm, in parents. episode two star wars episode <laughs> the phantom two, menace the phantom menace um is similar to episode six mm-hmm. return of the jedi so anyway <laughs> yeah we're keeping that in <laughs> yep all right well jeff we have finally reached the end of final <laughs> part two the sequel the scariest month is come to a close and so is the scariest podcast month yep. <laughs> they're, they're the same thing yeah where you were gonna say podcast and you're like oh people are gonna think this is the last episode yeah now this is still going yeah it's still going despite <laughs> in <laughs> fact we're gonna have a new episode next week even we are next week we will be talking about friday the 13th part, part six, six the jason sequel. lives uh, Good try, though. Yeah. We missed the Friday the 13th this month because we had Horowitz's Horror planned out and we were doing specifically sequels. Yeah. So might as well jump back into once again where the podcast started and with just Friday the 13th, a brilliant series. Jason Lives, the sixual. Yeah. I actually ordered some uh, new T-shirts from Cavity Colors. They did a Friday the 13th special. Nice. And they were doing part one. So I got some cool shirts coming from them sometime in the future. So shout out to you, Cavity Colors. We love you here. The House of Horror. Well, Jeff, that is going to do it for us. Can you please wrap this episode up? Because it's going on for a long time. Well, firstly, I'd like to thank our producers, Mm -hmm. James Miller, Joshua Hansen, and 
Fernando Fern, Diaz. Previously known as Fernando Diaz. Correct. Big thank you to you guys for your support. And yeah, and we that. appreciate it. That helps us keep, keep the, the lights podcast on. on and the, the air and yep. the lights and the fog machines. Oh, you have way too many fog machines in here. We're technically suffocating. <laughs> That's why we need to get out of this, yeah, yeah, this room we'll, we'll and podcast. Uh, Jeff, you can follow us. How can people become a producer? Oh, you can go to the Patreon. Did you know that? That's Patreon.com slash H-H-O-H. Sign up to become a final girl and you will get a shout out at the end of every episode. That's right. Steve's been uploading some spooky, scary video game content. Yeah, I just started playing Slender the Arrival with the 10 year anniversary update. So it has updated graphics and I uploaded part one, the prologue. It is about a half an hour video where I had to talk mostly out loud and to myself because Jeff was not available to record. But I think it turned out pretty well. It's pretty fun and pretty spooky. Yeah, one of my favorite parts is that he doesn't have the ability to edit. So (laughs) um, if he fucks up, it's in there. And if he gets really scared and makes a a, a little noise that's going to be in there too he can't hide any of it yeah i i don't remember how many chapters there are but uh, for the next upcoming weeks i'll be releasing a different or the, the next part every week for the next however long that's right go ahead and follow the instagram i think there's a way to follow for free on patreon too i don't know let me know if you figure that out because i haven't anyway you can also follow on instagram at her was this house of horror you can follow the pod daddy at Steve, bunch of bunch of E's, bunch of E's. You can follow me at Art of Jefferson. You can follow Ugly Cowboy at Ugly Cowboy Co. You can buy buy a bunch of. Oh, you can follow on Instagram or fucking. Uh oh, oh god, <laughs> no! The fog juice is getting to me. Fog juice. You can follow us on TikTok. Is what I was going to say. At That's Herwitz correct. Of but you can also buy merchandise at Herwitz's House of Horror dot com. We've got T shirts and. Coasters and maybe we'll have a baby onesie coming up soon, possibly. Jeff, we've been talking a lot about how it's been fucking so hot here in Sacramento, but now things are finally cooling down and we do have a three quarter length shirt you can get. Yeah, we do. Maybe we'll throw a hoodie up in there, too. Maybe we'll Uh, switch it up. So, yeah, we got great apparel. You can reach us at the Hot Take Hotline at 916-538-538. Four four one two. Let us know what you think of Scream Two. Do you think it was better than Scream Original Scream? Do you think Scream Original Scream was better? Which Scream is your favorite? Let us know what you thought of Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, and maybe it'll make it into the episode. If you're a patron, specifically, I think a Final Girl, it will make it into the episode. Uh, we have no choice. So leave us a message, and it will go in the podcast. Everyone can rate and review this show on all of your pod tracking apps, especially with iTunes or not iTunes with Apple podcasts. You can leave a review. And if you leave us five stars on that review, we will read that review out live. Or if you follow on Podbean, you can give us your beans. Possibly. I said, yeah, give us us as many beans as you can. And we will read that review out live. And you know what? I'll eat some beans, too. He'll eat actual beans. So. We did have some comments from last week that we threw into the end of the episode from Mark. Shout out to you, Mark. Hey, man. Some more comments. What's up, dude? Hey. How's it it going? How are you doing? Do you know if there are beans? Let us know. Or Podbean. Why don't you reach out to us and give us some beans? Yeah. Hey, Podbean. We think you're great. Here's some free promotion for you. Listen on Podbean or Spotify, Apple, wherever you follow your podcasts on. All of those reviews really do help us out. It helps get our name out there. 
and maybe just tell a friend or like I said, look over to that person to your left or your right if you're on the bus or a train and just shake them and say, well, follow up with listen to this podcast or just yeah. horror. I got to say, you guys, I am a little sad by the lack of downloads for the most recent episode that I really, really liked. I feel like that's the thing that happens. Like with the Fright Night episode, mm-hmm. I poured my heart and soul into that episode and it's picked up a lot since then. But that then, one did uh, not listeners get Listeners are like, I can tell Steve worked hard on this. Yeah. Fuck you, Steve. I'm going to skip this one. Because Hellraiser 2 is my favorite, one of my favorite movies. I've been looking forward so much to doing that. So. For everyone who listened, thank you for that one. I, I did really enjoy that. I hope you did too. And yeah, comments, messages, please feel free to say hello. Is there anything else, Jeff? I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives next week. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all back here. And Jeff, as we say at the end of every episode uh, for What's This House, Aura. Uh, What's your favorite scary movie? Showgirls, absolutely frightening. What's yours? She said the time is unfair to a woman her age. Now the wisdom has come.